I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Another candidate has thrown their hat into the ring for the United States Senate race here in the state of Utah. And that name is Cale Weston. He's a Democrat. And uh, as he joins us for his maiden voyage on the program, Cale, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd. I appreciate the opportunity. And this is really an opportunity for our listeners to get to know a little bit about you and your background, why this race. And uh, I want to start uh, with a little bit of your backstory. Uh, You spent uh, over a decade in the State Department, including seven years in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, advising Marine generals, and uh, thank you for your service. It was it clearly was uh, high impact. Uh, but tell us just a, a little bit about your experience there. Yeah, well, I uh, I like to say you know there's there's no greater honor or challenge than representing the United States of America, especially in two war zones. So you know, Iraq and Afghanistan were were tough uh, tough places to be, but it taught me a lot about literally how to find common ground in some of the most dangerous parts of the world. And my job was to be a diplomatic bridge between our troops and, you know, former Iraqi insurgents and, and Taliban uh, folks that weren't so friendly toward us. So I, I think I bring back home to my home state of Utah a real understanding uh, of how important it is, one, to listen to each other, and two, to truly, really try and understand uh, how to find common ground and then actually do it. Yeah, you have mentioned uh, on previous occasions the the fact that you were in a war zone, uh, armed with a with a notebook uh, as opposed to any kind of uh, weaponry. Uh, but tell us how you used that and what you did learn about uh, bridge building uh, in that process. As you mentioned, uh, often dealing with people like the Taliban trying to to build bridges in some of those uh, really rough parts of the world. Yeah, thank you for the question. You know, I've, I've thought a lot about it. I've written a lot about it. You know, I think that political talk is cheap, so I always tell people read what I've written. I'm I'm not just a candidate. I'm a writer, uh, which I take a lot of pride in. I've written for the Tribune and the Deseret News and the New York Times, and I, I wrote a big, long uh, war book. Um, but I believe words are the most important. I wouldn't use the word weapon um, because I think words are being used as weapons these days. I would say that words are probably the most important glue we have. And if we use the right words based on facts and understanding and listening to each other and putting yourself in uncomfortable environments, I think that's how we're going to take uh, not only Utah forward, but our our country forward. And I'll I'll give you a couple of examples 
maybe one from Fallujah. You know, my job was in the uh, the city that had seen the most damage during the Iraq war. This was a city that had been half leveled by incredible uh, U.S. firepower. And of course, I love the Marine Corps. I'm a civilian, but I got to know, know the Marine Corps very well. And my job was to go in and work with mayors and governors and city councils and say, okay, uh, we don't want our troops to stay in the city longer than, than they want to be here. And you definitely want your city back. And, and how do we start? So that meant a lot of literally reconstruction projects. It meant me talking to religious leaders, tribal leaders, and again, finding areas that we may not always agree on, but we had enough overlap and common ground that we could we could get to a better place. In uh, eastern Afghanistan, you know, this is where Osama bin Laden used to live. So when I finally got to that war, which I think did have ties to 9-11, it was a lot of uh, dealing with the Afghan people. And of course, given uh, the situation over there today, that's still a big part of why I'm also running, which is what's the U.S. role in the world and, and what do we owe the people who stand with us yeah so important I, I love that idea that words are the glue uh words are not weapons uh we need to sharpen a lot more pencils uh, i think than uh, knives or swords out there and I, I appreciate that perspective because the words do have meaning and that meaning matters uh, a great deal uh as you as you look at this particular race uh for you uh why this race why now well, I'm not a newbie. I've been in the rodeo before. I ran in 14 counties of our 29 counties uh, two years ago against Chris Stewart. I am a proud Democrat. I think that Utah at our finest is where we uh, focus on good candidates, not on party identification. Uh, so I know I know the state well. I'm a native Utah, and I've spent a lot of time in rural Utah. In fact, I'm talking to you from an outdoor Red Rock location, and I'm glad the reception is, is actually pretty good. So I, I like being in rural Utah. I like being in places where, you know, they say Democrats don't show up anymore. And I also believe that, you know, the skills that I bring from my biography, two years, or two wars, seven years, is, is really what we need, not only uh, in our state, but in our country. And I think the division that we all have experienced, and I'm not one to point fingers, I'm one to say, how do we get to a better place is, is what, what I did in my former job representing our country, and I think what I'm good at. And then I would say that, you know, the opportunities and challenges of Utah as one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing state in the country, um, is something that's going to take all of us who care enough. Uh, uh, housing affordability. You know, I can't afford a house in Utah. Um, granted, I'm not making the money I used to. Uh, pollution and, and, and air quality, infrastructure, uh, drought. You know, I'm surrounded by a desert right now where I can see ant hills and sagebrush, um, but probably not a lot more golf courses belong here. So those are, again, the issues that I think we uh, who run for office and, and those particularly who win uh, need to just uh, try and find areas where we can move our state forward and, and make it a place where we all want to continue to live. Yeah. We haven't talked in uh, these debates and in these campaigns. Uh, we always know what people are against or who they are against, uh, the opponents, whether that's in a primary or in a general uh, election. And to me, it's always uh, more important to get past what you're against. That's the easy part. Uh, but what are you for? Uh, and so if you had to give us just one today, we'll have you back for some deeper dives as we go through the campaign, I'm sure. Uh, but give us one thing today. What is one thing that you are for that's going to be a critical part of your campaign? Well, I'll I'll tell you, thanks. It is about what you're for. That's the fun part about running, not reading the political indictment or rap sheet on your opponent. I mean, that's sometimes politics that is worse. And boy, you've highlighted that in a number of places. And I'm grateful for that because I think it does elevate 
conversation. I'll put a specific policy forward. You know, I announced on uh, the 27th yesterday, and I asked a lot of my friends and others in Utah, well, why would I pick January 27th? And honestly, very few people know. My family does because I'm the son of a downwinder. And there's a a piece of legislation that's stalled right now in the United States Senate, and it's an expansion of the Radiation Exposure Compensation Act. And you know Utah well enough, and and I think all of us do, that that story, the downwinder story, is a story that should bring us together. It's it's a bridging issue. It's it's a painful story. So I would hope that our our elected leaders today who are in uh, positions to influence that legislation would move forward. And then a larger theme would be, I'm a guy that, that doesn't believe one party has all the answers. I believe truly in the, it's a cliche, but I, I believe it, which is, you know, our country comes first. And then I think we need to think hard about how do we be better neighbors? Because there's a lot of our neighbors in Utah who get up early, get home late, and then do it all over again. And when, when government fails, uh, they hurt, they get hurt the most. So that's why I'm running for the United States Senate. I hope uh, people, if they want more information, uh, will go to my website, kaelweston.com. Thanks again for the opportunity. All right. And final question for you. This is a question I ask of every candidate that comes on this show, whether they're an incumbent or a first-time runner. Uh, and that is, you know the the rough and tumble of politics. You know the sacrifice, the hard work, the long hours, the, the unfairness on social media. Uh, as you look at it from the broad perspective, uh, what is it that would make all of this worthwhile for you? Uh, even if you got to election day and you came up just a little short, we know everybody's running to win and expects to win. But what would still make it worth it, even if you got to the end and came up short? That you know that that we don't give up. You know the the political marketplace in our in our state needs a Democrat in it, and I'm not the only Democrat running, and I'm not going to probably be the best Democrat in the history of Utah running. But if we don't have a true marketplace of, of political ideas, I think that we all lose. So. Whatever happens, and you know, I'm still seeking the Democratic nomination, and there's a, a, a somewhat of a debate about whether a Democrat should even be put forward. And I absolutely, positively believe we should not disenfranchise over half a million Utahns who voted for a Democrat last election. Um, but it's t- it's to trust the voters. It's to say, hey, I have ideas. I have a position. I'm the nephew of a Democratic county commissioner from Beaver who. They all knew him, and they still voted for him, and, yeah, he was a Democrat. So it's it's ensuring that we have the ideas and the debate and the discussion, uh, despite a gerrymander or our personal politics, that, that really do make Utah the place that we all know and love. Um, but it's going to take um, candidates to say, hey, it would be easy to, to write another book or to teach and to be quiet and mind my own business. But I do think a lot about the people who get hurt the most when government fails, and they're the people that are too busy to – to donate or to put a yard sign up, and some of them don't even have a home. So th- those are the people I think about the most, and that definitely makes it worth it. All right, fantastic. Kale Weston, Democrat running for the United States Senate. Thanks for joining us first time in on Inside Sources. We'll have you back. Uh, appreciate your perspective. And jumping in takes courage to get in the race, and we admire everyone who stands up and says, I've got something to say. I've got something I can think can help the people of the state and the country. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. We'll be back. Uh, Joe Biden, president, still speaking in Pittsburgh. We'll break down some of his comments coming up next. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. 
I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.